0: Hey, today we're talking about serial killers, so a few things in this episode may be upsetting for some audience members. Just a heads up. Mike, today we're talking about serial killers. Talking about
1: serial killers is a pretty huge undertaking. The Wikipedia page is massive and links off to a million different areas. So today, we're just going to provide an overview of kind of the the concept. And then I think maybe over some future episodes, we're going to get into some specific historic cases. Wait, so we're doing
0: serialized serial killer episodes? I was trying to avoid that specific wording, but but yes, yes we are. (laughs) I couldn't let it pass by.
1: So let's get started. When it comes to serial killers, terminology is actually very important. A Abe killer, an individual who kills people, only becomes serial once they have murdered three or more people over a period of time that is longer than a monk, and this is often with a significant period of time between each incident. This isn't a clarifier, but that's typically just how it goes. Psychological gratification is said to be a major factor when it comes to these killings. Most cases involve sexual contact with the victim, but motives can range widely from anger and thrill-seeking to financial gain.
0: Usually victims will share something in common, such as a demographic profile or appearance, and will often be killed in a similar fashion.
1: Mass murderers and spree killers are different categories of murder. Mass murderers kill a large number of people simultaneously or very closely together, while spree killers claim more than two victims in a short time in multiple locations. Remember, serial killers take time off between their murders.
0: Like a little vacation. Ah. Uh... maybe that's the wrong word Mm -hmm. so like you said terminology is super important here and along with that goes classifications of serial killers and there are two main buckets organized and disorganized the first often plan their crimes methodically usually abducting victims
1: killing them in one place and disposing of them in another organized killers maintain a high degree of control over the crime scene and usually have a solid knowledge of forensic science
0: that enables them to cover their tracks so basically the guy from the Dexter TV show.
1: Yeah, I uh, have just actually finished re-watching Dexter, which is probably why I was so interested in
0: doing this topic. It's on the mind. Often organized killers have sufficient social skills. They have friends and even romantic relationships and children. They are often described as kind and those in their lives even say that they would be unlikely to hurt others really is dexter um in contrast disorganized serial killers
1: are impulsive often using whatever random weapon available at the time and they usually do not attempt to hide the body they are likely to be unemployed with few friends and often have a history of mental
0: illness mixed serial killers as you may infer show characteristics of both organized and disorganized killers let's talk about some demographics
1: In the U.S., the majority of reported and investigated serial killers are white males from a lower-to-middle-class background, usually in their late 20s to early 30s. Only 15% have been women, and commonly their victims are spouses or romantic partners. Uh, These killers are categorized as black widows, as the motive is typically material gain. At least that's for the majority of that 15%. Some professionals believe the rate of non-white serial killers is probably higher than has been reported, but their crimes may not be uncovered if they take place in communities with higher crime rates.
0: So you said some 15% have been women, but juvenile serial killers are a rarity as well. Most of these are adults.
1: No matter what their demographic background, there are some commonly found characteristics of serial killers, including mental illness like schizophrenia or psychopathic behavior.
0: Many serial killers were abused by family members as children, and they may be more likely to engage in obsessive behavior, setting fires, and even like sadistic behavior. And with that, I think I'm ready for a break.
1: This episode is brought to you by Simple Contacts, the fast and easy way to renew your contact lens prescription right from your smartphone. All you have to do is complete their self-guided vision test and you'll be able to order new lenses whenever and wherever you want with no more doctor's waiting rooms. Simple Contacts offer all the lens branches that you love, with options for astigmatism, multifocal lenses, colored lenses, and more. The vision test is just $20. For comparison, an appointment without insurance could cost you over 200 But I want to let you know, this is not a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam. Simple Contacts will check that your current prescription still helps you see 2020, and will renew your lenses for you based on that prescription. They're not writing completely new prescriptions or examining your eye health. Stephen, tell me something that you like about Simple Contacts.
0: It's great that you can use your phone for for a vision test. It feels like the future somehow. I ordered the ones that I wanted, like a very particular brand. They had them, and they showed up at my door. I never had to leave home, which is great for me. As a listener of this show, you can get $30
1: off your contact lenses. Just go to simplecontacts.com slash or use the code ungenius at checkout to get $30 off. Thanks to Simple Contacts for their support of this show.
0: Okay, so I feel like we've got a pretty good background established, but what motivates people to become serial killers? That's a complicated question.
1: Let's talk about development for a minute. Like we said, many serial killers come from backgrounds of abuse and troubled behavior, and this can lead to escapism into a world of fantasy in which they can exhibit power over themselves and their environments. Over time, the lines between fantasy and reality can become blurred, with the former taking over the latter in
0: many cases. And this can lead to a bunch of different motives, and they all vary from killer to killer. For example, visionary serial killers suffer from psychotic breaks with reality, sometimes believing that they or another person are compelled to murder by entities like the devil or even God. Mission-oriented
1: killers typically justify their acts as ridding the world of people that they see as undesirable. Some in this category see themselves as attempting to change society by their acts.
0: Then there are cases in which the murderer derives pleasure from their actions. Sex is the primary motive of lust killers, and their crimes often include torture and mutilation in addition to sexual assault. These killers perform their crimes in personal ways, using things like their hands or knives over something they deem more impersonal, like a gun.
1: Thrill killers want to induce pain or terror in their victims which provides stimulation and excitement for the killer in the search for an adrenaline rush these killers can abstain from the act for long periods of time and become more successful at killing as they refine their murder method many attempt to commit the perfect crime
0: and believe that they will not be caught. and then there are comfort killers these often pick victims who are family members or close friends uh, and after a murder a comfort killer will usually wait for a period of time before killing again to allow any suspicions by family or authorities to subside they often use poison like uh, like arsenic to kill their victims Uh, and as we mentioned that that small percentage of serial killers that are female most of them fit into this category although not all comfort killers are female
1: a common thread here is the desire to exert power be it over the victim the authorities or even the media and there's this weird feedback loop as many serial killers claim that a violent culture influenced them to commit murders
0: like you said there's this, there's this give and take between serial killers and media. They're very popular in media. And coverage of a serial killer case can lead to a growth of like a subculture around the killer, which can include the collection, sale and display of serial killer memorabilia, like paintings or writings or poems by the criminals themselves.
1: Many serial killers are caught. And let's round this out by talking about exactly how authorities find and catch these people.
0: The biggest initial hurdle is realizing when a serial killer is at work in the first place. Cases can include victims from marginalized or high-risk populations, or populations that cross multiple jurisdictions, like state lines. This makes it hard to see what's actually going on, hard to connect the dots. Uh, To combat this, the FBI suggests utilizing cross-state databases and increasing interdepartmental communication.
1: The FBI, of course, is what most people think of when it comes to catching serial killers in the United States. But often, the agency is tasked with supporting and
0: coordinating investigators on a more local Level via an FBI rapid response team. Uh, Once this team or task force is assigned to a case, it can swell to dozens of agents uh, partnering with state and local police and even private investigators. Their work, as you might imagine, generates a mountain of data, all of which needs to be organized and reviewed across multiple agencies. And sometimes this takes months or even years. So it's, it's a big problem. Surfacing leads and again connecting the dots can be slowed by poor organization on behalf of authority. So you've really got to... Get your head around as a task force how much stuff you have coming in and how you sort through it all. I really don't think I would be very good at dealing with that sort of data. No. No, I don't think that's my strong suit. (laughs) That's very upsetting. Thanks to Aaron for the topic this week. Like I said, we're going to, I think, get into this world a little bit over the next couple weeks. Uh, It's obviously horrific and and terrible, but it's really interesting too. Mm -hmm. If you want to read more, uh, there's some links in the show notes relay.fm slash ungenius slash 53. You can get in touch with us there. There's an email Link in the sidebar, or you can find us on Twitter. The show is at Ungeniust. You can find Mike there as I M Y K E. And if you want to check out some other podcasts that Mike hosts, just go over to relay.fm/slash shows. You can find me on Twitter as ISMH. And uh, until next time, Mike, say goodbye. Back next time. Bye-bye. Adios.